Welcome to another edition of Fight Facts with Philly Joe, Joe Sanliquido, uh, features writer for Ring Magazine and RingTV.com and writer at large for Ring Magazine and RingTV.com. And as always, I have the uh, very special uh, benefit of being joined every week by my man, Brooklyn Mike, Michael Woods. Oh, man, I thought you were going to call me very special, and I was thinking that it was, like, special in quotes, special, not in a good way, uh, but but then it, it came around, and, and I appreciate that uh, lovely introduction, my friend. Uh, so, have you uh, grabbed your breath? Are you all recharged there after heading to the fights and being in NYC and being in Brooklyn for what started out, let's be honest, that fight freaking stunk, Joe, to start out. But then it, it saved the day uh, with some wild mayhem action uh, in the later innings, Wilder and Ortiz. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come right out the gates at your heart, pal. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Brooklyn style, uh, I, I saw a tweet that you said you were yeah. very exuberant yeah. after seeing it. You said that that's a con- in contention for fight of the year. Uh, so, But I'm going to have to take issue with you, Brooklyn style and say the first few rounds were such crap that I would have a hard time uh, voting for that as fight of the year. So uh, does that not uh, mean that much to you? Do you? Are you a guy who's like, no, it ended up great, and so I can vote for it as fight of the year? Talk to me. Please defend that pick. Because it wasn't a fight of the year to me. It was interesting. Ended well. Uh, ended with that uh, pound of flesh knockout. But overall, it started out like this garbage. Fight, uh, and I'll go even go. I'll go even further. I was ringside for it, oh. and it was the first four rounds. Yeah, the first four rounds were garbage. The first four oh. rounds were. I I, I actually I, I believe I had Ortiz. I gave Ortiz the first four rounds because he did very little, and Wilder did nothing. Um, I based it on fight of the year in terms of the twists and turns, in terms of um, you didn't know what was going to happen next uh, after uh, the fifth round when things started to kick in. Uh, in terms of sustained action, no, not fight of the year quality. In terms of excitement, without a doubt, fight of the year quality. I mean, it, it had uh, a number of exclamation points, a thousand exclamation points, put on the uh, put on the the back end of it. Uh, so it, it was. Uh, it had everybody stirring. You don't know which was, what was going to happen next. Uh, uh, Wilder starts off slow. Wilder didn't start <laughs> until the fifth round. Uh, yeah, he you, was like he was so bewildered by a left-hander. That surprised me. You know, 40 fights in. That surprised me. Why so bewildered? Why? 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 I mean, he rendered him material because he has that uh, ludicrous uh, jackhammer of a right hand, but why so bewildered of a left-hander at this stage of the game? Two, two th- this is mildly frustrating for me to see. Two things here, Brooklyn Mike. Two things. Uh, one, okay, okay I, I will I will lend some credence to figuring Ortiz out. I'll lend some credence to that. But also, it's very, very interesting if you watch the replay of the fight. Now, we're ringside, and there's chaos going, and everybody yelling and screaming. And Wilder comes in. By the way, Wilder came in at 214. Okay, just makes you scratch your head a little bit. What's going on here, champ? Coming in at 214, which I believe is six or seven pounds lighter than what he's traditionally came in with. All right? And then secondly... And anyone that has a replay or DVR'd that fight, watch very, very closely. I don't know exactly who it is, but the camera comes right up to Wilder as he's hugging one of his, I don't believe it was a corner man, but I believe it was part of Team Wilder. And he's hugging this person 
uh, a shorter uh, gentleman, and Deontay's whispering into his ear. And you catch the whisper. Oh, my God, I was so sick. Oh, my God, I was so sick this week. I was so sick this week. And he repeats it a number of times. I remember putting uh, putting the volume up on my TV after watching the replay of the fight right. and listening to that. Uh, I mean, obviously, there was that built-in ex- an excuse of Wilder somehow, way lost that fight. Oh, something happened to my right hand, which, by the way, for a couple rounds, he didn't use at all. Uh, yes. And then, uh, you know, and there was there was talk that he was sick. So I know for a fact he was sick. And you see the way he looked in the ring a little bit. I also believe part of his slow start, part of his late start, was he was actually pacing himself. Hey, I can go maybe six or seven, and that's what the deal is. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm enervated off this camp, how I felt in terms of his, his illness. And I think, Brooklyn Mike, that was part of the slow start. I think it was the combination of, one, again, trying to figure out Ortiz. But I'm going to throw a whole lot into the fact that he wasn't exactly physically his 100% best going into that. And during the course of that fight, I uh, he finished <laughs> he finished in an amazing way. Um, it was sloppy. It was uh, uh, technically. I mean, it looked it it, it looked well. It, it it wasn't anything to look about. It was amateurish in terms of the way they threw punches at one another. But in terms of end result, it was a a, a heavyweight clash. Uh, that was far, far more exciting than I, I thought. And, and a lot of credit to Luis uh, Ortiz in putting a magnificent effort into that. I agree. Do credit to Luis Ortiz. This fight got that much more interesting to me on how it would play out after the Charles Farrell piece came out on Deadspin in which he basically went out on a limb and said, folks, there's the heavy possibility that Sort of the fix is in, uh, and he was really putting Luis Ortiz in his in his sights. Alfaro has a track record. He's been there and he's done that. He he, he knows that this occurs. Uh, now he was actually aligned with people like Leon Spinks and such uh, more so when he was doing it. So to get to this tier, this sporting tier with this much money involved, it, to me. I like to believe that this sort of thing isn't uh, widespread at all, fight fixing and such. Uh, but this was uh, days later. This came out at the end of the week, and I'm still uh, pondering it and puzzling over it. Uh, believe me, everyone in the sport read the story on Deadspin. They wouldn't. They won't admit to it. They won't come out publicly. Uh, but. Such aspersions were cast on on the sport and its uh, decency that everyone read it. One really high level guy said to me, "Jesus, would this guy's going to get sued?" Now Charles Farrell, after the fact, took to Twitter and said, "Hey, I got it wrong, and I don't uh, purport to be a journalist. I got it wrong, and I don't purport to be a journalist." Uh, however. I just think this is an extreme sign of the times where we are now. Conspiracy theorizing is everywhere now. Uh, Not to get political, but I want to make this point. Uh, You saw after the Parkland, Florida shooting, two days afterwards, people were smearing uh, some of the students who attended the school and uh, were not victimized, 
we're alive and we're uh, speaking up against, uh, uh, you know, the ease is with which people can buy automatic we- semi-automatic weapons and dismissing them as actors and fakers. And they're trying to make sense of a crazy world. They're trying to comprehend lunacy, and they're trying to make some order in their minds. And the way they do it is by saying, well, these kids are acting. No, sometimes, no, oftentimes, life is crazy. It is lunatic. Crazy shit happens, and it defies wisdom and reasoning. And that's what boxing is all about. Uh, You know, fixes do happen. Fixes have happened. I mean, shit, I didn't like the way Bermain Stiverne acted in his last fight, going into the fight and during the fight with Deontay Wilder. But my point is here, Joe, that we have to have uh, clear evidence. We can't just say our gut and intuition tells us that if this don't look right, this don't smell right. It's not fair to the people if we get it wrong. It's not fair to Bermain Stiverne. It's not fair to Luis Ortiz if we're implicating him in something based on our gut instinct of what we think our eyes are seeing. We have to have proof. And we're in a degraded age where uh, we can print this stuff and talk about it without proof. And it's, it's messing with my head today. Uh, we're taping Monday, and it's messing with my head. So bottom lining it, I was happy to see a conclusive ending. I was happy to see uh, Wilder, who is, God, so unrefined and amateurish looking, but he has that game changer right hand. Mm -hmm. And I was happy for him to finish it in the way he did, so we stopped some of that whispering campaign and some of those uh, besmirching smears upon the sport and and some of the people involved. I just don't like it, Joe. I, I prefer... I reached out to a high-level TV executive afterwards saying thoughts on the, on the fight and the show, and, and this guy said, I'm just so happy for boxing. So you have some people who see that fight on Saturday night, and they're over the moon and happy. Like you, they see a fight of the year, and so much excitement, and a real possibility uh, at a Joshua versus Wilder face-off with which any man could win. And other people just seeing negativity and seeing clouds and, and dispersions still. So, I, I mean, I guess I can sum it up and say, hey, this is this is boxing. This is the way boxing has always been. This is the way boxing always will be. And that's part of the attraction to the sport. But it, it left me with a taste in my mouth, Joe. Uh, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on it. And I think basically what we're talking about somewhat is journalistic standards here. I have thoughts on it. Uh, one, I don't know who Charles Farrell is. Two, I'm one of the few in boxing that didn't see the story. I didn't see the story. I'm just looking at it now as you brought it up to me. I'm looking at it now for the first time. I didn't see it. Okay. I didn't see it and stuff like that. I simply, I hate to go here with this Brooklyn mic. I don't care. I, it's just my opinion. I just, <laughs> no, I don't a, care. That's okay. That's a, go, a decent place to go with it. You're, 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 you're not trafficking in it. That's a decent place to go with it. But the you know. problem is that it still exists. A lot of people do pick up on it. And if that's, sometimes that's the only sort of coverage we're getting, I, I don't want that negative coverage. You know, I'm probably going to try to have Charles come on uh, my Everlast Talk Box podcast and, and hash it out some with him. Um, well, I'll so tell you what. If that happens, if that happens, Brooklyn Mike, please invite me. I'd like to have a discussion with okay. him. I really would love to have a discussion with him. I just, I, I just, I, again, no disrespect to the guy. I don't disrespect anybody that writes about boxing. Christ, I'm the goddamn president of the 
uh, of the Boxing Writers Association. So anybody that writes about boxing, in, it, 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 that, that's fine. That's, that's good. But when you have people that are out there that are throwing, basically that are throwing pig excrement up on a wall, uh, I, I, I scratch my head and wonder, I am happy I didn't see this. Uh, I'm happy I'm looking at it now. I probably right. won't read it. Uh, if you do want me to, if you do want me to go on, I'll be more than happy to go on and talk to this gentleman, um, and, and we can we 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 can certainly talk. Uh, uh, but uh, I, those two guys were in there doing serious bodily harm to one another. Uh, I don't know the specifics in terms of the monies involved, um, but th these guys had had clear. Nasty intentions toward one another, and afterwards were incredible sportsmen. Uh, there was a lot of mutual respect shown to both of them in Ortiz's post-fight press conference and mentioning, "Hey, I have a sick daughter. This guy has a sick daughter. What we've both been through." Props to him. Uh, he did avoid the question, which was posed to him a number of times in different forms by weak attempts by a number of people. Oh, who do you think would win if he got in there against uh, Joshua? Well, simply Ortiz had a great answer. Well, I don't have a point of reference because I never faced Joshua. I do know this guy hits. I know he hits hard. That's my point of reference in Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder, uh, again, didn't call out anybody, was very, very complimentary of Luis Ortiz, went on to say, hey, this guy's far from done. <laughs> whether, regardless of how old he may be, because none of us know, which 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 came off with a great laugh. Deontay Wilder acquitted himself incredibly well because he was in serious trouble in that seventh round. It looked as if he was teetering. Well, no, it didn't look. He was teetering. He was in serious trouble. And Fields is looking in, uh, referee Tony Fields is looking in, and looking very, very closely, he stepped in. I noticed uh, a, a foot or two there in that seventh Eighth and ninth rounds as things started to unfurl. And then finally, what happens in the end, obviously, with the Wilder right, which stuns him, knocks him down the first time, and then missed him a number of times before that uh, devastating right uppercut turns around and blasts out Ortiz. Now, you know, we have something coming uh, two, three weeks from now with uh, Anthony Joshua and Joseph Parker. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, but there was also another fight on that uh, card. Uh, that was worthy of, of mentioning, and that was uh, Jose. It was Katier. Who's Katiki? There we go. Who's yeah, who, who who may have who may have uh, excuse the the, the 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 pun here may have derailed DeAndre Durrell. Um, uh, who's Katiki uh, dominated almost every second of every round of that fight. Uh, avenged a loss that I was I was I was at down in uh, Oxon Hill, Maryland, where uh, Uskata Gay hit Darrell. Well, by the way, in a fight he was winning the first time, hit Darrell late. Uh, hell breaks loose. Darrell's uncle turns around and cheap shots Uskata Gay. Uh, this was Uskata Gay's redemption and his revenge. Uh, they they were both incredibly incredibly sportsmanlike afterwards. Uh, no BS this time around. And overall, it was a fabulous night of boxing. I, I don't know. I do know uh, uh, Bivol won uh, on the other side of New York. I, I know uh, Kovalev won, beat some guy that I think they just picked up off the street and put him in there uh, by seventh round TKO. Uh, we, we did know that, but I think I heard Kovalev's name if you're ready for this at Barclays, I think I may have heard his name mentioned twice. 
I was actually keeping count, and it may have been twice. The first time was from me. Hey, did anybody hear what happened to Kovalev? And two people next to me said, uh, who? Uh, 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 what? Shit. <laughs> so, I just, that's, that's cold. It's cold, but it's, well, well, it, it, it's boxing, and I'm not going to, I'll steer away from the fact that it was deserved. It, it was a shame that, you know, you had uh, uh, two fights go on in New York at the same time, uh, but the winner that night was the Showtime show. In Barclays, uh, more competitive fights, uh, exciting fights, and uh, hopefully we're going to see a lot more of that. And I believe, in my opinion, very, my very strong opinion, is that Wilder or Ortiz will be a consideration for an early consideration for 2018 Fight of the Year. It was, it, it had that kind of excitement, that kind of impact. Uh, I believe uh, Joshua Joshua Klitschko was the BWAA uh, Fight of the Year for 2017. In terms of sustained action, there was a little bit more done in Joshua Klitschko, a little bit more done, but when when those guys hit the mark, and the mark was hit a number of times in that fight, almost the same type of fight as this fight, where two guys, two heavyweights, going at each other, throwing a number of punches that don't normally get thrown by heavyweights. And it, it really captured the crowd. They had a great crowd there of 14,000, second largest crowd there since the Thurman Porter fight at Barclays. So uh, it was a win-win for everyone. Do I have a problem with uh, Wilder fighting Ortiz again? Not at all. I would love to see that again. I, w- I have no issue with seeing that fight again because, again, we saw an Ortiz that was up on his toes, that was playful times during the course of that fight, and showed some things there. I was surprised uh, Wilder, by punch stats, Wilder out-jabbed Ortiz. By eye stats, Ortiz seemed to have the better of the jab than the two of the two, uh, of the two fighters. Obviously, uh, Wilder uh, had a far more impactful uh, power punch and a far more impactful right hand. But I also believe Ortiz, I think Ortiz may have outlanded uh, Wilder by three punches. I think it was 63-60 in the punch stats in terms of uh, uh, power punches. But overall, it was an incredible night. It was a night that uh, you know people just came away with Brooklyn Mike walking out of the Barclays going... Simply going well. I'll put it this way: my story on that fight on the on the main event was twelve hundred words. Twelve hundred words. I, when I covered the Super Bowl three weeks ago, that was twelve hundred words. You know, it, it, you're just you're just it's just one of those things where you hit it, you feel you hit it, and and you're as this thing's unfurling, you're like, wow, this is this is unbelievable that this happened. Billy Joe. Excellent summation. I do appreciate that. Uh, you got the buzz in the building, 14,000 strong. So that was a good win for boxing. One of the other things that we see in the atmosphere at Barclays Center is uh, it is very current vibe. It is 2018, and Showtime is doing a really good job of this, at stirring the pot and allowing the fighters to help matches come together organically by you know, stirring the pot talking shit on Twitter, and then uh, playing off that later. Billy Joe, that happened in the back rooms of Barclays Center, in which Jermel Charlo was being interviewed. Jermel Charlo was being interviewed, talking about what's next for him. And he was saying, man, I'd like a piece of this Danny Jacobs at 160. Well, guess who then strolled by two minutes after he said that one Danny Jacobs in a Hawaiian shirt 
got right up in the Texans' face, and they jabbered for a good solid minute before Kelly Swanson uh, dragged Danny away. Uh, my take on this is this, a little fight facts tidbit. I reached out to Danny Jacobs' uh, manager, Keith Connolly, and said, so what about it? Do you have a possibility of a Jamal Charlo versus Danny fight? You and I both know Danny fighting April 28th, and uh, Charlo is going to be loving up before that so they could get those out of the way and then face off. He kindly said if they both win, this spring, Danny will 100% be interested in fighting Charlo, but it takes two to make a fight. We know after the confrontation that what he says to the cameras is one thing, and when he's confronted with actually being offered the fight, I highly doubt he takes it, but I hope I'm wrong because Jacobs versus Jamal Charlo would be a huge event at Barclays Center, and I do absolutely agree. Joseph, so much about our discussions on the sport uh, comes down to what will be happening. We aren't like one of these leagues where they make the schedule up in advance. The uh, schedule is always fluid. And uh, chess moves have to be made on the board uh, before other ones play out and can be um, certified. So we're going to have to see what happens with Jacobs and Charlo's next fight. And then we have to see how the May 5th sequel Canelo against Golovkin plays out before we can talk too much about Danny Jacobs against Jamal Charlo. But I will leave it with this. That is an absolutely mouth-watering tango to me. This is two prime guys explosivity galore. The trash talking would be superb. Uh, egos in play there. These are both proud, confident guys. I would freaking love to see Jamal Charlo against Danny Jacobs. Same boat. I, 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 I can't wait. I would. I, it, it, it fills up uh, a summer that I, I don't know. There's a whole lot of things cooking right now. Um, and it's something that uh, fight fans, again, want to see. I mean, this is we are in that stage where, you know what? You know, it's, it's time now to finally put up or shut up. You know, it, it's finally we've reached the point in the sport where you know something. Uh, if you're not going to provide me with what I feel I have coming to, to to you as a fan, and God knows, fight fans get get put through get put through the most. Brooklyn Mike, they they are the ones that get put through more of a ringer than any other sports fan out there, simply because there's things out there uh, that should be made that could be made. And that aren't made. Uh, this sounds like one of those cases where this is one of those coulda, shouldas, wouldas, and and probably will be, you know, as as we're we're talking right now. Um, now I, I don't know a whole lot about uh, is it Masij Suluki, who Danny scheduled to Suluki, who Danny scheduled to fight Zuleki. Suluki. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not a complete uh, showcase fight. Uh, he'll have to work to get the win. The kid hasn't learned to lose. Uh, good, solid chin. Uh, and he's got to be more willing to interact than uh, Felix Diaz was last time out. So it should be a decent, uh, fan-friendly fight to watch. Uh, Joseph, going to... I, I, I hate getting stuck on it, but I'm going to perseverate on it. I have in front of me in the screen this story. Boxing is going to get Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, if it has to fix the entire heavyweight division. This is consuming me. Um, I just want to leave our listeners with a plea to, I don't know, let's have our takeaways from this weekend's fight be positive. You know what I'm saying? Let's, yeah. let's, 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 uh, 
uh, states on the record that the heavyweight fight over-delivered as far as action once it got uh, on track. Uh, Uzkategi emerged as a rock-solid player at 168. We might have seen the end of Andre Durrell, 34, going on 35. And, jeez, uh, he, he has to be looking at himself hard in the mirror today and saying, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be what I thought I could be, or what I thought I was playing out to be, and I feel for that kid. So I, I want to plead to the listeners, you know, let's look on the bright side and also let's look at it with some humanity and compassion. Uh, these guys are, you know, I don't want to belabor the point too much, but these guys are uh, putting their lives on the line for us, as Kel Brook did again when he uh, fought on Saturday and he had uh, eye surgery on the right eye, then eye surgery on the left eye. Uh, they took his eye out and put in titanium in the first surgery, and he's still soldiering on. So that's my kind of my bottom line summation uh, for the theme of this um, fight facts. Basically, these guys are doing it, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's not go into supposition and theorizing and conspiracy theorizing so much. Let's uh, give the judges a break there. That Wild Ortiz fight was a close fight, uh, you know, 63 to 60, edge and power punches. No one ran away with this thing. So if you had Wilder winning at the time of the stoppage, you know, I, 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 I don't think you're insane. And by the way, there was a, a knockout, so it rendered the judges immaterial. But that, that's kind of my takeaway on on this on the theme of this fight, facts, Joseph. And the judges had. At the time of the stoppage, the judges had Wilder up, 85-84. All three across the board had an 85-84 at the time of the stoppage. Correct. And I spent way too much time arguing with people on Twitter that I thought that that was uh, not inaccurate. Carlos Ortiz Jr., Glenn Feldman, and Kevin Morgan, I believe, were the three. I mean, again, these are paid professionals. And I'm arguing with people saying this is insane and we need an investigation and the judges need to be summarily executed and all this. And I, I, geez, I don't know, I saw close rounds. And here's the thing. We all, as we're opining and saying that the judges are shit, remember, so many of those people are watching on TV. They have the benefit of the DVR. They can change their freaking score after the round. The judges are there one time. They got one shot at So is it going to be perfect? No, it's not going to be perfect. Is it often going to be wrong? Yeah, it's often going to be wrong. Am I often going to scream and, and raise, raise my voice to the roof? Yeah, I am. Uh, but I just, let, let's do less of it. Let's try to look on the bright side and mm-hmm. let's, um, I, I'm saying apply standards, old school style standards. Stop saying that people are corrupted. Stop screaming that this guy is insane or that guy's insane. We're not, I'm not always right. You're not always right either. Mm-hmm. And neither are the people who are saying so, so with such certainty that that scorecard was egregious and an abortion. You know, let's all have some humility, all of us. None of us are always right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, See, I'll tell you what, though. The can Bro- forward? Joseph, should we kick the can forward a little bit and maybe finish up with uh, tantalizing people with what's going to come next? I want Fight Back listeners to know that. They shouldn't be expecting the Wilder versus AJ fight really anytime soon. You're going to have to see if Parker beats AJ. Then you you believe we're setting up to have uh, uh, Big Baby Miller then fighting AJ. Wilder's, uh, I, Joseph, by the way, Wilder's not fighting Ortiz again. And you know why I know that? Because the cardiologist for Lou DiBella and Shelly Finkel told me not to do it again. Those guys can't be having heart attacks again. Uh, Wilder got uh, buzzed bad. 
Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's one of the main takeaways from Saturday Night's Fight is that guy has a little bit of a chin. Yeah, yeah it can get buzzed, but he stands and delivers and uh, stands tall and comes back, and he shows that part that people talk about. So and I think there's going to be another one for Wilder, someone who maybe isn't so threatening mm-hmm. uh, to keep the hope alive for that AJ fight. And then I'm hoping, Joseph, I don't know what you think, but I'm hoping that we see it at least by the end of the year. How about a... How about a, 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 a uh, December surprise. AJ versus Wilder in, in December in Las Vegas. I, I would love to see that, and that's something that Shelly Finkel hinted at. And that's something that Lou DiBella also hinted at, the possibility of Vegas with something as uh, as large uh, as a Wilder-Anthony uh, Joshua fight would be. I, I do have to say something, though, Brooklyn Mike, and credit to you because you give kudos to so many people, and I, I, and, and I don't want to come off as Joe Hart-ass being disrespectful, only in a sense that you pay attention to a, a, a wider range that, that I do. I just don't pay attention to a lot of stuff, a lot of junk that's out there, a lot of, I, I'm going to hate, I hate to use this term because I'm not really a fan of this individual, but I'll use the term fake news, and, 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 and right. hell, we see it a hell of a lot in, in boxing. Uh, even, uh, you know, and I want to be as accurate as I can because I'm, I'm looking up some numbers and stats. I was right, Ortiz did outland uh, Wilder 63-60 to 60 in terms of power punches and landed 43% of his power punches. But that's just me because I had to double-check that. We don't see that today in journalism. We don't see that today not just only in boxing journalism, but journalism across the board. We don't see people double-checking. We don't see people substantiating things. It's just out there that these things are... Um, are not backed up, they're not followed, and it's okay in this day and age of social media and in terms of uh, the world of journalism because certainly things aren't double-checked, but you have things that, that are out there that, you know what, it's okay to throw it out there. And as long as the readership wants to hold their standards as low as they do, uh, yes. then, then we're going to continue to get that junk. You know, because sometimes I hate to say it, people like junk. You know, I've been told a number of times in my journalism career, you know, you do too many positive stories. You're looking too much at the good and not uh, other stuff. Well, what do you want me to do? You want me to make it up? And the other side of it, too, is uh, I'll never, never forget. I did a piece on a kid that beat and battled cancer. And it was a huge, huge story. And it came out nationally. But I got more people that wanted to interview me for a piece I did on a former Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver who was the disruptive force in the locker room. He was cut from the Eagles very unceremoniously. Uh, It led to a whole bunch of BS, but I had access to a whole bunch of guys. It led to a big deal, and I'm getting pulled in 8 million directions for that story, the negative story, than anything positive I did. And and you get the, 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 the same old blah, blah from, and I'm going to go here, from people that are out there, from, from, from fans, from sports fans in general, that uh, why don't you write more positive things? Well, why? Because sometimes, and I hate to say it, there's, there's yeah. a number of people out there that would rather, rather taste and absorb the ignorant, that would rather taste and absorb the negative than yeah. pay any attention to something positive, than pay any attention to anything real. And I'm happy you brought this thing up again to me, the Deadspin story. And I'd like to think, well, I'd like to hope Deadspin standards would be higher than they were. But um, to turn around and, and put something out there like that. Again, I'm happy I didn't see it. I'm happy I didn't read it. Uh, but again, you know, uh, that door is open, Brooklyn Mike. If you'd like to have me on and talk to this guy, love to do it. Thank you, Joseph. I do appreciate Philly Joe. All right, we've made our stand as far as uh, journalistic standards. Yeah, fake news, and quickly touch on one point that you brought up. Uh, you brought up the facts and the stats, 63 to 60 edge and punches landed. 
uh, people don't agree and want to support their own standpoint and viewpoint, what they'll do is they'll uh, uh, kill the messenger and they'll say, for example, well, whoever's doing the compubunks is a joker. That's not what I thought. No, but those actually are professionals that they do this for a living. And although they're not 100% right, I bet they're 95% right. So that's probably a pretty fair and accurate counting. People actually just want to fit the narrative to where they see fit, so it backs up what they say, and they'll just dismiss as fake news anything that you bring up as um, uh, as evidence supporting what we believe the truth, the reality is. They'll say, no, that's not what my eyes saw. I think those guys are on drugs. So, yeah, am I frustrated? I am. You are, too. Um, all we can do is sort of bring it up. And, and by the way, I fall prey to it, too. Joseph, trafficking in the negative and liking the sensational and uh, finding material to bolster my own argument inside, I fall prey to it, too. I'm not saying that I'm above it. I, I fall right into it, too. This is the age we're in. I just think if we're all a little bit more aware of it, I think we can all maybe do a little bit better. That's all. Okay. That's that's very, very fair. So, uh I'm happy, uh, you know, uh, anybody that's listening, uh, we sure en- encourage your feedback. Uh, so I'm going to conclude with that. Uh, Brooklyn Mike, any final words? Final words are my kids are coming home from school right now, so i got to get off the line. I appreciate your time. Love you, Philly Joe. You be well. Okay, we'll be in touch.